Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and today I am honored to have Peter Van Artrike. Uh, I consider him a friend. I consider him somebody in the industry that I like to know what he knows because he's been doing this for a really long time. Um, Peter is an author. He's a CEO of Artrike, um, marketing communication specialist, like basically an insurance marketing guy is the best way to describe him with Chromium, like he's done all this stuff. He's got his own podcast. He was nice enough and gracious enough to have me on the On Point podcast. Um, we'll give you all of that kind of, how do you get a hold of Peter at the end? But Peter, welcome to the program, man. So Thanks, glad Rick. to have you. Thanks, Rick. Thanks so much for the intro as well. I was looking at uh, your LinkedIn profile uh, and I noticed that you and I have 290 mutual connections. So we must be doing something wow. in the same industry. That's a lot. Wow, yeah, that's a lot, man. Know. That might be a record. That is that's a, a lot. lot of people. So, um, <laughs> so today, Peter, I want to just pick your brain on kind of the stuff that you do, the stuff that you know, and the stuff that I, I'm such a fan of that you are so good at helping our industry with. And, and it's kind of it's kind of brand and strategy and kind of giving them some tips and tricks, our, our listeners trick tips and tricks to, to, um, to kind of, you know, where, how do they move forward? How do they maybe get out of a rut? How do they take that first step if they haven't done the kind of things that we'll talk about? So we'll get there in a minute, but I do want to start kind of where we always start. And that's kind of the Peter Van Artrike uh, journey. Like how did you get to here? Well, thanks, Rick, um, and hello to everybody listening. Thanks for listening. I I, um, I started out as a journalist for a, a daily newspaper in New Jersey, um, where I grew up. Um, and um, you know, in the middle of the night, it was a, it was a dark and stormy night, as the story goes. But I was covering a town council meeting. It was like midnight, and I had to go back to the paper because it was an afternoon daily and write this thing up. And it was, I was like just realizing my life was slipping away and sitting in these boring council meetings. So I said, what else is out there for writers like me, you know? And I answered an actually a print ad. So obviously I'm dating myself, but this was <laughs> early eighties, a print ad for a, a editor at AM Best Company. And so I started working on the various AM Best publications like Best Review Magazine. Um, and from there went on to different association jobs uh, and writing jobs at National Underwriter the Insurance Information Institute in New York, and then the big eye here in uh, Virginia. So we're still down here in Virginia and Fairfax. Mm -hmm. um, all connected, frankly, at the end of the day with the independent agent and broker channel, the carriers and independent agents and brokers who I just love. I love working with them. I love helping them. I love talking with them. They're salt of the earth. Yep. Fantastic people, Rick. They really are. You're right, Peter, because I, like I was one and I hope I think of myself in those terms. But what you mentioned too is helping them. It's also such a like a like a a great honor uh, and and a net and a need, right? Because so many of them are so busy, whether that's selling or being trying to run the business because they started as a salesperson and now they own an agency or they need the kind of stuff that you do 
to thrive in, in, an, in an industry that's always changing, ever changing. Sometimes they won't admit that, but also with so much competition and so much outside influence on trying to take their customers, trying to, you know, what can technology do? All of these things that agencies need help with, like you're that, you're that dude, like you're the guy that comes out and can say, okay, well, you know, you're a D minus on your brand report card. Let me help you. Or you're an B plus, let me help you. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's great stuff that you do. And I think hearing that you were a writer before that does not surprise me in the slightest bit and kind of getting to a point where um, there's very few people that didn't probably know you that are listening, but now maybe know a little more of your story. I think that's awesome. Um, I want to start with, with the pandemic and just a quick sort of, uh, my belief is that the pandemic has caused more urgency to what the online expectations of our customers, our, our, our consumers in general is. I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of what that has done. I mean, I, I, I've looked at it as a silver lining of the pandemic is that this urgency has been created, but I'd love to, to pick your brain and have you kind of give our listeners you know, what does that mean as it relates to building a brand and things like that? Well, when I, um, uh, when I think about the pandemic, um, which we, we certainly want to put behind us, but the, for me, the big aha or big takeaway from that whole crazy time, uh, especially in 2020, is the importance of culture, the importance of having trusted, uh, appreciative um, employees where there is... Um, really no, no disconnect between the internal culture, the employment brand, if you will, and the external expression of the brand, which is the customer prospect facing side of the brand. And, and the best brands, they're highly relevant to both employees and to the customer. And we saw, Rick, in this pandemic, people were freaking out working at home. How are mm -hmm. we gonna serve people? Mm -hmm. And so I always, I always, I said early on, I, I went back, looked at some notes back in April, we were saying, please reach out and talk with your staff, because if they're not comfortable, your customers won't be either. So it, to me, the big thing was, what does this mean for our culture? And not only that, the fallout from this um, whole thing about where, why, when, and how we work, um, we go to work, right? Where we work, how we work, and why we go work in an agency or insurance company. This is all being uh, questioned today. And I think the strongest brands, um, who uh, that understand culture and brand together um, are going to emerge even better than from this nightmare year we went uh -huh. through. Peter, would you say that the like that a lot of times agencies sort of get in, for lack of a better term, they get in a rut and forget what you just mentioned that what they do, how they do it, how they communicate, the, the good deed that the insurance agency can be gets sort of lost in the shuffle. Is that fair to say? Uh, it is. I think this is an area brand. It always seems like sort of mysterious, Rick, you know, like, Ooh, yeah. that's, that's a bunch of expensive consultants. Um, it, it, it looks like it's just, yeah, it's kind of important, but it's not urgent. What's urgent now is this sale. Okay. I, I always hear, I, I love this phrase. We don't need marketing. This is a relationship business, right? Well, how do you get to the point where you have a relationship? That's actually marketing. And agents who are more strategic than tactical, and look at this as an investment, not an expense, long-term versus short-term sale, like a long-term thing to fix in the agency or refresh are the ones who are going to be more successful. Because 
it's not, you can't get by anymore with a crappy website that looks like a garage sale where you ask people to pick over what's important to them right. or to tinker with a marketing campaign. Like it's a child tinkering with toys and just trying a couple things doesn't work. Um, arguing with producers about personal versus corporate brand, like which one is the bigger one, you know, the bigger man on campus kind of thing, or a tired old logo, or just, just signs of this, Rick, like I was in a beautiful uh, old bank building, an old bank building in Denver, uh, about 10 years ago. And this, this to me, I'll never forget this, the sign on the door was a beautiful old building. And it was an independent agency now and the sign on the door huge sign in capital letters, push, the door sticks in capital letters uh, and exclamation marks. And I'm thinking, if this, if this owner doesn't fix the door, they're just freelancing. The, the, I'm sure the receptionist just said, you know, I'm tired of getting up and open the door. I'm just going to make a sign. So instead yeah. of fixing the door, to me, this is a metaphor for a lot of what goes on to your point about um, they're in a rut. Yeah. Um, so it's a, this is not something you can put off anymore because I worry about agencies that have a crappy website, for example, that don't pay attention to it. Um, they're getting these referrals, but what happens then? What do these customers and prospects do when they go there to the site? Uh -huh. And they're not going to want to go in an agency that says push the door sticks. <laughs> no, and, and I think what happens too is, and I've said this enough, but hope maybe even, even if one person is listening to this that hasn't heard it, it's worth repeating which is like, oh, we're a referral business. It's like, mm. that's great. But that means something completely different than it did just three or five years ago. Like it used to be that Dylan would tell me, you know, hey, I got this great insurance agent and you would call. Like I would just call the agent and get a quote. Now it could be the, my best friend in the world, the most trusted person I know saying, this is the, the person or the, the gal you should talk to. Mm -hmm. I'm still going online. I, and mm -hmm. it starts with a search, which usually goes to a, a website. I might go to reviews. And, and even if it's, again, the most trusted person in the world to me, if you've got bad reviews, a 20-year-old website that looks like Uncle Tony built it in his garage for you. I know that guy. You do. You, he's built a lot of websites in our industry. <laughs> and, and, and you just, and you get into this, this like, you very quickly the trust is gone. The, the referral is not now referenceable because they have gone the other direction with their brand. And I think people think, well, once they get to us and talk to our people and feel, you know, this or that, they'll be fine. They're not going to get to you. They're, they're not going to make it all the way to you because there is such a different way of looking at a referral or looking at the way the way we are perceived are I did this uh, rant on reputation management online it's a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. but like hearing it from you puts it into perspective and so let me box this up we're sort of talking about it and I want you to like you might recap what we've already talked about but I kind of want to talk about this from a strategy perspective and break mm -hmm. it down into the what the why and the how okay so we're already sort of talking about it but let's Let's sort of 101 it for our listeners and say, okay, what strategy? And I say, what is it? What, what do you say to that? Well, I think um, the, the what is, if you think about the term brand, again, it, it, it's, it seems mysterious. Mm -hmm. um, 
basically it's your agencies or your company wherever you work um it's vertifors it's netviews it's everybody's most valuable asset as an organization you cannot leave it to chance because if you do competitors and others are going to jump into that space and describe you as they see you which isn't good so think about the brand as as a relationship an intangible emotional bond that's created with every customer interaction and I like to think, I, I don't know where I, I where this comes from, but somebody once said, it's what people say about you when, when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your brand. It's also your culture. What do, people, what, are, what do your associates say when you, the boss, are not in the room? So it's, um, it's important then if you know, okay, okay, that's important. My reputation is hugely important. But you also now say, um, I, I want to manage my reputation. That's my brand. It's my important asset. And you got to refresh it, even to those folks listening who have done, oh, we did this five years ago. We did our logo 10 years ago. The logo is the pretty fun stuff, Rick. It's not the most important thing. It's the output of a very considered intentional messaging strategy, but you've got to stay relevant to your your workers and your customers by refreshing periodically. Usually it's every five to 10 years. And Peter, Um, Peter, when you say brand, and, and I think people think of like, oh, Coca-Cola as a brand. Or it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's Fox Insurance. It's Van Artrek Insurance. It's whatever, whoever you are, whatever you make of it is what that brand is. And again, I think it's important that when you say brand, you don't just think it's what the people that are, like you said it, that are in the room with you or that get you on the phone. That's, it is so much more than that. Right. And those, it is so short-sighted for people to think that that's all it is, right? I mean, I, like, this should be, this should be the nodding of the head for some. Like, yep, okay, I get it. That's kind of that's what we're working on. I can be better, but I understand it. And it also feels like the absolute wake up call for others that you must. This isn't a, this isn't like oh that would be cool or I, I wish I had a Ferrari. This mm-hmm. is like I've got to get to work. I need transportation. It's that that right. much of the foundation now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the good news for those listening who haven't really addressed this recently or at all, the best brands are human brands. And we all know in the insurance industry, it comes down to people. A lot of local agencies have, um, uh, you know, John Smith Insurance, they have that, that, that personal brand in the community, hugely important, something you can leverage. But I will say this, Rick, because every agency one day will be merged, bought, sold, or internally perpetuated, et cetera, or just go out of business. Um, when you have a brand versus just John Smith, the person, and a brand is a collection of, of talented staff, that firm is worth more. And we don't have time now, but anybody who does uh, agency evaluations, like the guys at Reagan Consulting or mm-hmm. InsureBank, another one, they will tell you uh, brands are worth more than just names. So it's, it's really imperative because right. this is going to happen one day. You're going to, the agency ownership is going to change. Why not have something worth more? So that's the what. And now mm-hmm. you sort of already touched on the why, but I want to put it into this box. I want to put it in a bucket so they can, so, so people are starting. I want them to think in terms of sort of a linear, like what it means and how they, how they can go out and, and affect change in their own personal brand and particularly in the brand of the the, the large the, the agency so mm-hmm. the why you, you mentioned crappy website producers arguing with what the brand is talk to me about the why 
Well, the why for me comes down to one word, relevance, um, being relevant. I think I've touched on this earlier, being relevant to customers, being relevant to the future workers. I mean, the average agency owner is 60 years old. They're going right. to all be gone by the by 2030, Rick. So who's coming in? Who are the talent staff who are going to want to work at your local agency? I, I, can't, I can't tell you how important this is from purely a, an employment brand standpoint. And what a great business to attract young workers. Young people want flexibility. Mm -hmm. They want a stable industry and they want someone supports their local community like agents do. Agents do all three of those things. So now we just have to tell them, how do we tell them? By having a really kick-ass website, yep. social media presence, a strong relevant uh, looking visual identity, which is name, logo, and tagline. So true. And, and I think it goes, like I would even say one more step internally because you meant you keep mentioning that we were sending the same messaging to our staff obviously trying to attract young talent but it's getting buy-in at all levels right and making mm -hmm. sure that messaging is clean concise and repeatable right is that fair yeah it's it, that's exactly right it you've got to start from the inside out doing this um, in the old days, Rick, it wasn't actually it wasn't that long ago, historically speaking, where, where firms would outsource their entire brand strategy to consultants on Madison Avenue, like Mad Men, that show Mad Men, it's classic. Don, <laughs> Don Draper would come in and, and tell Camel Cigarettes, you know, what kind of slogan they're going to have and really expensive, lots of research, um, six months of time, et cetera. Well, uh, I, I guess we found a, a, a new way to do this much more efficient. And that is really having a catalyst like a consultant, but having the, having the staff themselves own this process, embrace it and enthusiastically endorse it and use it. And that um, there's nine components to a brand strategy. This can happen in the span of four to eight weeks time uh, by getting your leadership and maybe in a larger firm, Rick, um, you know, maybe department heads mm -hmm. uh, in a smaller firm, the average is probably 10 to 12 people. It's ideally everybody in the agency yeah. working on this plan together. I love that. And, and I think it not only does it unite everybody, but it empowers your employees to be part of what that looks like. I, I think this is just, the, you know, you hear the, the lame phrase that everybody, oh, it's a win-win. Now this is like mm -hmm. a win-win, win-win. Like there's so many things about this that are positive. That, it's exciting. That, it is. It's great. And I think that's why you've been doing this for as long as you have, because I you love keep it. enjoying it. Right. I mean, and you keep, I love it. I love the, I love this. People. Yeah. I love helping them, but I, I love when they realize that the value of it, it's like one of these things where we've been talking about this in the hallways for like months and years, and now we're doing it. We're, we're actually talking as an organization about what we want to stop doing. Maybe we're in too many lines of business. Maybe we don't have good processes. But we, we do want to keep doing these things at all costs. And we also want to be known more in the future. So stop, keep, and want. What do we want to be known for? Well, maybe more innovation, mm -hmm. maybe better customer service. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's, it's like when you get your people together and say, hey, guys, um, I don't, as the owner, and say, I don't have all the answers. Let's together work on this. You will, you will tap into this talent um, uh, on your staff. And, and they will then, because this is the most important thing, is you can, you can do this in your own office as an agency owner and say, hey, here's our new brand, here's our messaging. They will look at it and say, well, I don't have any part of this. Mm -hmm. Conversely, when you involve them, they will then take it out to not only internally to others in the office, but to their customers and prospects. That's really exciting. That's how you uh, tap into the, the potential 
of, of this culture that you're building. And like, I'm hoping again, I'm hoping, and you and I think a lot alike and have sort of the same mindset of how to move agencies into the future, but I'm hoping this is helping listeners kind of formulate in their minds what, what that should look like. Um, but mm-hmm. I want, I want to go to the next. So we said, we, we kind of, we, we defined the, what we talked about the why, and now it's the how. So how do I do that? Like, because I think again, an agency is at any version or even a, an, an individual is at any, any part of the spectrum of their brand journey, building a strategy for that. But how do, how do, how do I go about doing that? So maybe I'm either saying, okay, I've done that. I haven't done that. I've done that. Or I haven't done any of it. And, and Peter's going to help us. And, and after we go through the how, we'll kind of give you the, the immediate next steps. But how do I do it from a for kind of a, like a 30,000 foot view? Well, I think there's some, there's a couple of initial steps that are, that are pretty easy and fun. Asking even your best customers uh, candidly what they like and not like, and what, what could, what could, what could, what could it be in an ideal state to work with our agency? Even your best customers will tell you some things that, that you never knew. Um, Yeah, they love you. They're rooting for you. And that's why you want to check with them. You can always find people who are unhappy, but some people are unhappy all the time. (laughs) So talk to your best customer, talk to some of your favorite carrier partners as well. And they'll tell you some things, you know, there's, there's, there's questionnaires, uh, we don't have time to get into it, but short questionnaires, you know, 20 minute phone interviews, you can ask your CSRs to uh, randomize a, a selection of 10 questions. And over the course of a few weeks or months, you can have lots and lots of data from, again, even your best customers. Well, um, think about it this way, Peter, let me just, just jump in. Yeah. Here real quick. If you are, if you're a transactional agency right now, which means you're, they call you answer, they have a renewal, you have a conversation and that's how your relationship is. Think about the impact it has on your relationship with your customer. If you just reach out and simply say, Hey, how's it going? What do you like? What could we do better? And learn through that process. Not only are you learning and getting this inordinate amount of data for building what you are as an agency and what you need to be purveying to your world and your universe, but that customer is saying, oh, they really care about me. So you're kind of like killing a couple birds with one stone there, right? It's, it, 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 that's an excellent point. Thanks for making that. Um, I think people have agents have customers on their books um, and leave them there and ignore them at their own peril. I think the very, the very ask that you just described is a brand touch point. And if you don't do that, if you're not talking well ahead of the renewal with people and chatting about what's going on in their lives, asking open-ended questions, not, you know, not talking about insurance jargon right away and all that sort of stuff, you've got to do that. Otherwise you're just getting a bill and the bill may not even be from you. It's true. So, true. <laughs> so um, I think so when you have a little bit of a sense for what um, customers and business partners like carriers think about what you should stop, keep and, and maybe aspire to do in the future, um, I think asking those same key stakeholders I mentioned, again, in a small firm, it's everybody in a larger firm, it's department heads and the C-suite, etc. And they, you get together and you also ask them individually, confidentially, you can do this online, what they think about those same kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. And then what you do, Rick, is you have a workshop, uh, which can occur today, you know, virtually or in person. But um, you talk about what what the research says, because that's where you get out of this subjective, you know, my opinion as the boss man, 
to more objective and here's the organization it's almost like a third party mm -hmm. here's yeah. the patient what are we going to do with it how can we improve it and you have the data first as sort of a starting point and then you say okay here's what we're going to keep doing here's what we're going to stop doing what does does our messaging even resonate is it even relevant to this um what the research is saying and i i i suspect that 99% of the time, it will not be. It will need at least a refresh of some kind. Yeah. It's, and, and I, think, I think that's the piece, like, like acknowledging that it needs to be done and then figuring out how to do it. Those are two steps. The first step is to me is, yes, okay, this all makes perfect sense. Now, don't, those listeners out there, don't get off this podcast and just go back to your day start to formulate this plan. I know what it means. I know why it's happening. I know how to act on it, but I want Peter, if you can, and I think we talked about this prior, um, what's the, what are the immediate next steps for people? Like what are the three things that they can do? Just rattle them off for me and, and let everybody grab your pens, grab your stylus, get your keyboard ready because Peter's about to drop some knowledge on you. What are the three <laughs> next steps? Like, like bang, 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 that I can start this process. Because it, it, it is, the cool thing about what we're talking about, I believe, is it is a snowball. And yeah. once you start kind of going with it, you'll start to feel the energy. The agency starts to feel the energy. Your customers start to feel the energy. And it snowballs on itself. So we just need to get them going down the hill. So, right. So Peter, what, what are those, like, let's, let's give them three things. Okay. Well, there are, um, I will in a second, there are nine components to a brand strategy. We don't have time for these today. Some of them people have heard of like mission, vision, values, all those are very important, but I would say the va core values and vision, um, core values are your employee manual, how people should work. Mm -hmm. And vision is why people go to work, why people should give you money. Cause your, your vision as a brand is not to be the largest writer of car insurance in New Hampshire. That's a business goal. No one's gonna to wanna to give you money because that's your vision to make a lot of money. Right. The vision is the better world you're creating for the staff and for your customers. So I think uh, number one, do your associates know what your brand stands for? And the, do they feel, do they embrace the vision the firm has for the better future? They are helping to create. They're going to work every day to help create some better world, you know, whether it's to avoid claims or whatever your vision would be. Uh, second, does a big idea drive your agency or does it look and sound like a whole lot of other brands in mm. your space? And Rick, I tell you, this big yeah. idea thing is huge because so many agencies do look and sound like a whole lot of other brands in the space. Yep. What, how are you different? And you can't say great service. You know, great service is not answering the phone on, on one ring or two rings. That's just, that's just reacting really fast. That's not proactive, sir. There's a lot of things in this big idea, but that's what this brand strategy process will get you to. And third, this is one that will appeal to the rational left brain thinkers out there. The, the insurance company, it's like the actuaries and accountants and lawyers who grew up and now are running an insurance company. In, in the agency, as you mentioned, Rick, these are the salespeople mm -hmm. who are all about the numbers. Again, left brain, rational thinkers. This, this one is, are you investing in culture, which is your employees and brand external, the external brand regularly and at the same level as you'd invest in technology or equipment? And if you're not, why not? This is huge because we all know what it costs to hire people to yep. invest in 
the Vertiforce system. We know that that's a good investment to make. This is the same thing. Your culture and brand are equally as important. So you got to ask that, you know, are we making those right investments? So do your associates know why they go to work every day? There's a big idea, idea drive your agency and are you investing properly in culture and brand? That's so great. I, I, Peter just makes me want to just like, just go do something exciting. Like just, I get all pumped up when we talk, Peter. <laughs> this is awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you to further the conversation, maybe, you know, pick your brain, maybe get sure. involved with you on a much deeper basis. What, what does that look like? Is that a, is that a reach out on LinkedIn? Like what's the best way to kind of connect with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. On Twitter at PVR trike. I know it's a tough spelling. Um, uh, Peter at artrike.com is uh, my email and uh, my cell is 703-868-0144. And I give all those out because I am really, I'm excited in, in turn to talk with them, Rick. I'll talk no with question. anybody about anything. No question. And, and, and you've been so, uh, like not only on this, this show, but like you, you are such an advocate and so available to give great insight. I, I really appreciate what you do for, for the insurance industry, Peter. And, and I, like I said at the beginning, I count you as a friend. I count you as somebody that I need to always know what you know, or at least pieces of it, why things like this podcast are so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody reach out to Peter, uh, further your relationship with him. It is A-A-R-T- R-I-J-K. That's that's not an easy spelling right there, but or just start typing Peter Van and the rest will probably show up on LinkedIn. <laughs> Peter, thanks for being on with us, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. And thanks to everybody else. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And don't forget to always subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to the VIP and go to vertifor.com, go into the resources tab, click on podcasts and subscribe there as well. That's where the bonus content is, where some really cool uh, additional information is. Make sure you and I are connected because I put a lot of great content out there as well and ways to connect more with with the podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in. As always, I appreciate it and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at vertifor.